Welcome back to another episode of the Shag Sports Talk podcast. Today, we have a little episode for you guys today on the Saturday afternoon. We have a lot to get into. We're going to start off the show handing out my NBA Western Conference predictions. In the last podcast, we did the Eastern Conference. And in this one, we are going to be handing out my Western Conference predictions. We're going to hand out the regular season standings. Along with those standings, I'll be handing out my playoff predictions for the NBA as well. And then at the end of the segment, I'll be handing out my NBA awards predictions for the 2022 season, MVP, most improved, coach of the year, all that good stuff. And to close the show, we'll be going over our weekly segment in the NFL, NFL week six predictions. We're going to do the the usual run through all the games, hand out my game picks. And at the end, we'll hand out the Shags five, which are, you know, picks I have for the week. And, which I've been very good in. I'm 70% on the year, so I'm doing very good in that. Hope to keep it up this week. And along with that, we'll hand out some player props for you guys as well. So we have a loaded podcast for you guys. I don't want to waste any more time. Without further ado, let's get into it. NBA season is back. We got two games on Tuesday, Philly at Boston, Joel Embiid, we'll see how he does versus the Celtics, who don't really have any rim protection because Robert Williams is out for this game and will be out for probably a long time to start the season. And we got Lakers and Warriors in the nightcap as well in Golden State. Golden State's going to have their ring ceremony. So I'm really excited for Tuesday, but let's get into my predictions. At number 15, I have the Utah Jazz. They obviously went full rebuild. They traded Donovan Mitchell. They traded Rudy Gobert. They sent Utah, or they sent Donovan Mitchell to uh, Cleveland, and they sent Rudy Gobert to Minnesota. I think that this team is going to be really bad. They're going to be a team that's going to be contending for Victor Wembanyama. They're going to look to get that number one overall pick. They're going to be a very bad team this year. I think between them and San Antonio, you can defer on which one is worse. But I think it's Utah. Utah is going to end up trading Mike Conley. They're going to end up trading Malik Beasley. They'll probably end up trading Olenek and Rudy Gay. All those veterans. They're going to want these young guys playing a lot. Jordan Clarkson's another one who will probably get traded. So you have all these guys. And I think that they're going to all get traded. Utah's uh, grand plan is for them to land Victor Webinyama. And even if they don't, they can still draft one of the Thompson brothers. They could draft Scoot Henderson, a Keontae George. There's a lot of talent in this 2023 draft class. There's a lot of talent, and they can they have a lot of choices. But obviously, the grand prize here is the generational talent in Victor Webinyama. He's the greatest prospect I've ever seen. Again, I was not around when LeBron James was drafted, and... Currently, looking at it, he's the greatest prospect I've ever seen until proven otherwise. Victor Webinyama is like Rudy Gobert who can shoot, play de- Like, it's incredible. His perimeter defense is really solid for a seven-footer. So, that's really impressive as well. He's a solid passer. He can shoot from anywhere on the floor. He can, you know, put the ball on the floor and dunk it. Like, he's a very, 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 very good player. And if you watch him in his G League games that he played versus Henderson, which they both played twice... Webin Yamo's insane. He's, I think, the clear-cut number one pick, and everyone's going to be trying to contend to get Victor Webin Yama. In terms of the Jazz, I just don't see them being that good. New head coach, and they're not in it for this year. They're in it for the long term. I had them finishing at number 15. In 14th place, I had the San Antonio Spurs. 
I just don't really like this team at all. They got rid of DeJounte Murray. They traded him to Atlanta. And Pop's nearing the end of his run here in the NBA. He's had a phenomenal Hall of Fame career. Probably the greatest coach to ever do it if it's not Phil Jackson. And I just think that, you know, this team, they're very young. And it's hard to win a lot of games. Like Trey Jones is their starting point guard. And I don't think that's really a good fit for them. I know they got Sohan in the draft. They got a few other guys as well. Joshua Primo. And they got Blake Wesley. They got a lot of good players. I just don't see them being good currently. I don't see them being good currently. Again, they're in for the long run. They're the same thing as the Utah Jazz. They are looking to get that number one overall pick in Victor Webinyama. That is the grand prize that everyone is looking for. And honestly, I know Victor's the greatest prospect I've ever seen. So everyone's going to try to get the number one overall pick. But people don't for, people forget that this draft class... I think from 1 to 15 is absolutely loaded. Keontae George, the Henderson, uh, they got Scoo Henderson in the draft. One, uh, both Thompson twins, like the Thompson twins are really good. They got Hender, they got Scoo Henderson in the draft, in, in that draft class. It, it's a very, 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 very good draft class. They also got Malachi Branham, who I really like as well. Again, he's not really high on their depth chart currently, but I think he's a solid player. He's a great two-way uh guard i really like him a lot Keldon johnson's good sohan i'm a huge fan of sohan i just don't see this team being really that good that simple at number 12 i have the houston rockets jalen green he's gonna take another step forward i think he will average his average 20 points this year i think he will take that step the question is how big is that step that's the big question I like Jalen Green a lot. He averaged 17 points as a rookie. I expect him to average over 20 points this year. Uh, They traded Christian Wood, again, looking to get some young guys as well. They drafted Jabari Smith, who I just think is just a rock-solid, just consistent player, right? He's, He's got comparisons to Kevin Durant. I don't see that in terms of this offensive game, but I get where the height and talent comes from. I don't see the Kevin Durant comparisons, but I do understand why that's the comparison. They got Kevin Porter Jr., who was really good last year. They got Ty Ty Washington coming off the bench. They got Tyree Eason. They did really well in this draft class, and I think that this team can take steps forward. I would not be surprised if this team is a playing team, especially if Jalen Green takes that step up in averaging those 20 points that I was just talking about. If he averages 25 points, this team will be a playing team. I truly believe that. If he averages 23, 24, 25 points, this team will be a playing team. I truly believe that because they got a really good young group of young talent, and I think this team will be a playing team if Jalen Green can get to that 25-point mark. I do. The thing is, though, again... Are they better than the other top teams like Portland or the Lakers or the Pelicans? No, I don't see it personally. But I do think this team is very talented. And I think it's just going to take one more year before we start talking about them as a playoff threat. At number 11, I have the Sacramento Kings. They hired Mike Brown, the assistant coach for the Golden State Warriors. I like that move a lot. I know his one his one head coaching game that he had because of Steve Kerr. He didn't do so well in the playoffs. They lost by, like, I think it was like 45, 50 points. But, again, it's a one-game sample size. It's the playoffs, so it doesn't really matter. And he really didn't have full control of that game plan. But in terms of this team, let's look at their team. De'Aaron Fox, 
at the point guard position. You got Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, and DeMontis Sabonis coming off the bench. You got Davion Mitchell. You got Malik Monk, Terrence Davis, and Rashawn Holmes. They got a very solid group of young players. I still think Fox is one of those top young players. I really wanted the Knicks to get him for years. Probably not going to end up getting him. I think this team could be a playing team along with the Rockets as well. Again, these there there's old teams like the Blazers who I think they can easily be better than. Keegan Murray, Sabonis, and Harrison Barnes. I think that's a solid front court. And in terms of your backcourt, I think that they have to play Fox and Davion Mitchell together. I know they're both ball dominant, but playing them together, I think just yeah elevates your chances, right? Especially offensive chances. Davion Mitchell creating off the dribble and Fox. And then you got Barnes, who's a great defender. Keegan Murray, who's a consistent scorer and defender. And you got the Matis Sabonis. I think, think that this team's going to be very fun to watch because they can really stretch the floor. And I think they are due for a lot of highlight plays, a lot of Sports Center top 10 plays. Because Sabonis, Murray, Barnes, Huter, and Fox. Fox is probably the worst shooter amongst the five. And he's their point guard. And he's, you know, I think he's getting better as a three point shooter. So. And that, with that in mind, this team, I think, could be a very dangerous team. Will they make the playoffs? I don't think so, but this team is going to be very fun to watch. I have the, I have the Sacramento Kings finishing as the 11th seed. At number 10, and barely getting to the playing game, I have the Portland Trailblazers. I just think that Dame, you know, barely gets them over the top. I'm not a fan of this team whatsoever. I don't like this team whatsoever. Chauncey Billups just got hired to be their head coach, which is a great hire, but I don't like this team in general. Number one, Yusuf, Yusuf Nurkic is not the best uh, big man. It's not one of the best centers in terms of defending the rim, right? And he's not a great perimeter uh, defender either. So he's really not a great defender all around. He's going to have to go against Nikola Jokic, Anthony Davis, Kat, Gobert. I mean, he's going to have to go against some of the best big men in the league. DeAndre Ayton. I mean, there's a lot of guys you have to go against, and I don't like him as a rim protector. Jeremy Grant and Hart are both very good defenders, but again, Josh Hart, you know, he's a good defender, like very good, but again, he's 6'5", going after guard guys like Kevin Durant, who are 6'9 and 6'10", who have three or four inches on him so they can pull up and rise up over Josh Hart. Again, Josh Hart, great defender, but he's going to have to go against guys like Brandon Ingram and LeBron. The question is, can he hold down, like, can he lock down those guys? I don't think he can. And it's not because of he's a bad defender. It's because the guys he's going against are three and four inches taller than him. So in my opinion, they have a problem there. And then their backcourt defense is not that good whatsoever. Their backcourt defense consists of Anthony Simons and Damian Lillard. Their both of their defenses are terrible, terrible. Their def, their their backcourt defense is going to be terrible this year. But again, they're going to have good offense because they're going to have Dame and Simons. The question is: Is Dame on the decline? I think he's got one more year in him. In terms of their bench, they got Gary Payton from Golden State, who's very good as a defender and a two-way player. They got Shaden Sharp, who I really like as well. Shaden Sharp, I really like him. I'm very high on him. I think he can be a really good scorer. It will take time for him because, again, he doesn't always stay healthy. But I really like Shaden Sharp. 
the question is, can they compete? And the question, my answer is no, because I don't think they're better than the Lakers or the Mavericks or the Suns or the Pelicans or the Clippers. I don't think they're better than any of those teams. So therefore, I haven't finished at number 10. At number 9, and people are not going to like this, I have the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Look, this team could easily be a playoff team, but I have concerns with them. I think Patrick Beverly should be starting this lineup. And I know it's not the best fit with him and Westbrook. Or even if they do decide to bench Westbrook, which they did last night in the Friday night game, in their last preseason game, they bet they had him come off the bench. I just think that with Westbrook coming off the bench, you know, he's going to get really mad and he'll demand a trade when they'll end up trading him most likely. I think he's gone by the deadline, if you ask me. I think Beverly needs to be starting because I think he's a great leader. And I think it will help this team as an as a whole overall. But their lineup currently consists of Westbrook, Kendrick Nunn, LeBron, AD, and Damian Jones. I just don't think that this team, in terms of consistency, can consistently play throughout the entire year. Davis and LeBron are due to miss 25 to 30 games. They just are. One, LeBron's age. And two, can Anthony Davis stay healthy? When he's healthy, he's a top 10 player easily. You can make the argument he's top 5. 2018, he was a top 5 player in the league. LeBron, again, he will probably miss his 20 to 25 games. But the question is, him missing those games, can he make up getting into the playoffs? I don't think he can. I am finishing the number 9 seed. I do think this team can be a playoff team. I just don't know how to rank them. I am at number 9, though. At number 8, I have the Phoenix Suns. This team could probably be a top five seed in the Western Conference. The thing here, though, is I just don't like the vibe around this team currently. In the preseason, those press conferences, I I don't like the vibe with this team. Again, they're a solid team, but again, they're going to lose Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder is probably going to demand a trade. And I do think that this team is, you know, Paul, he's getting up there in age. DeAndre Ayton doesn't seem like he wants to be there, but again, Devin Booker will average his 25 to 30 points a game this year. I just don't know where this team finishes in terms of the Western Conference. The Western Conference got better. The Minnesota Timberwolves got better. The Mavericks, honestly, got better. The Clippers are back. The Pelicans are going to get better. And I just think this team, you know, they're kind of old a little bit. I know they got young players in Johnson, Bridges, and Booker, and Ayton, but this team's kind of old. They got uh, Cameron Payne, Landry Shamit, Torrey Craig, Dario Sarge. Like, this seems kind of old a little bit. And they're going to need Chris Paul to be that floor general. And if you watch him in the playoffs, he just seemed, you know, he seemed old. And do I think that's going to consist of the entire season? No, there will be moments in the season where he'll look like, you know, the Clippers version of CP3. But I just think this team, I just, I don't know. I just get the vibe that this team, you know, they kind of coast through the regular season, and they end up, you know, as an eight seed. I do. At number seven, and this is really the reason why I have them had the Suns at eight, is the New Orleans Pelicans, man. This team, I would be surprised if they missed the playoffs. I'd be stunned because this team talent and coaching, there is no way this team should miss the playoffs. Like, no way. This team consists of C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram playing the two, Herb Jones, Zion, and Jonas Valanciunas. Off the bench, you got Alvarado, who I really like, 
Devontae Graham, Trey Murphy, Larry Nance, and Jackson Hayes. They also drafted Dyson Daniels, who can be a very solid player, but again, will he make that immediate impact? Probably not, but again, a very young piece, very good young piece for the future. This team, I don't know how they don't make the playoffs. I really don't know. They took the Suns to six games without Zion Williamson, and this team's due to get better. They got a great head coach. I really like this Pelicans team. I don't got much to say. I just really like this team. McCollum, he did very good last year. McCollum averaged, you listen to this? CJ McCollum was averaging 22 points, 4 rebounds, and 5 assists. He was very, very good. And he's a veteran who was very good last year. And in the playoffs, he kept that production. Most players, you know, most guys, you know, their their production will probably drop you know, in the postseason, because, you know, big moment, right? He's con- he's consistent, man, and him being the, the point guard for this team, I know he's more of a two, but I think that's very huge for this Pelicans team. I really like this team. I have him at number seven. At number six, I have the Memphis Grizzlies, and you're probably like, wow, they're a little low. Uh, yeah, but again, they're going to be missing Jaron Jackson probably throughout the new year to probably, like, January 1st or so. They say that he could be back as early as Christmas, but I think that'll take like an extra week and he'll be back by, you know, MLK weekend, right? That's probably where I'd think that he comes back before MLK Day. That's probably where that like the, the January 15th area is where I think he'll be back. The Grizzlies, they got John Morant, but again, I don't really like their team as a whole. But again, they got good young talent. They're... You know, their starting lineup is John Morant, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks. They got Steve Nabs at the center position. Brandon Clark should probably be the starting power forward, in my opinion. But again, though, the big thing here is that I don't know how they match up defensively. Brooks and Bain are good defenders, but again, Jaron Jackson Jr. is a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. And him not being there till January, that could be an issue for this team. And I think that they'll really get hot after the trade deadline when he comes back, you know, in that January, mid-January point where Jaron Jackson, I think, will come back. But I think this team will struggle early on, but then will get very hot towards the postseason, and they're going to be a dangerous sixth seed. I am finishing sixth, and not because I don't like this team. It's simply because of Jaron Jackson being injured. That's really it. At number five, I have the Dallas Mavericks. Luka's due to, uh, is due to win a lot of regular season games this year. He was out of shape, and this team still was a 5 seed last year. Again, the only reason I have him as the 5 seed is because the Western Conference got better as a whole. The Western Conference got better. They got better as well. It sounds like uh, Christian Wood is going to be coming off the bench for this team. And I personally don't like that. I think I'd rather have him start at power forward again. I understand what Jason Kidd's trying to do with the defense and stuff. But he's got to start, ultimately. He ultimately has to start. And I think that this team, they surrounded Luka with a bunch of shooters and a bunch of guys who can play defense. So I think that this team, they're going to be very good. They're going to run it back with basically the same core. And I think they're going to be a very solid team. They went to Western Conference Finals last year. I don't know if they'll go back there, but I think they'll be close to that. So I have them at the number five seed. At number four, 
the Los Angeles Clippers. They are a finals contender and probably the deepest team in basketball by a mile, in my opinion. I know there's other teams we can point to, like the Warriors and maybe the Celtics, but this is the deepest team in basketball, and it's not really close. Reggie Jackson, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris, and Zubak round out the starting five. Then you got John Wall, Norman Powell, Luke Kennard, Nicholas Batum, and Robert Covington. Then you got Terrence Mann. I mean, this team is loaded with talent. Brandon Boston Jr., I like him a lot. He's a very solid young player who I think will have a better second year. This team is good, man, and I just think they're just going to coast to the regular season. They got a very solid team. They're going to coast to the regular season, and this is going to be a very interesting Western Conference. I'm officially in number four. At number three, I have, Golden, I have the Golden State Warriors. We could talk about, you know, why do you not have them at number one? And my my reasoning is very simple. They're going to take this regular season very light, right? You know, they got a lot of things to deal with on their plate. They got Draymond Green's contract to deal with. And as I'm recording this, both Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole got paid. Jordan Poole got paid a $140 million contract extension. I believe it's four years, $140 million. And... Andrew Wiggins got, I believe, a four-year, $109 million contract. Yeah, four years, $109 million contract. So if you're Draymond Green, they both got paid and extended for a combined $250 million both between, the, both, between both guys. They both got extensions before you. If I'm Draymond Green, whether it's right or wrong that they extended him, I'd be pissed off, man. The, the, again... I understand what they're doing because they're trying to dedicate, you know, to the youth when Curry, you know, ends up retiring in a few years, right? And this team, you know, they start to get older and, you know, they have something to look forward to with Kaminga and Poole and Wiggins. I get that. But if you're Draymond, all those championships you won, all the, the impact you made last year in the finals, aren't you a little pissed? Just as a person, right? I don't really care, like, I'm not talking about what's right for the team. The right thing for the team is to pay Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins, you know, lock them up for future years. And I understand that coming from the front office of from Golden State. But if you're Draymond, you're not pissed about that? I'm sorry. Like, you know, and his argument is valid. It is valid. It's a valid argument. You know, all the years I put into this team, right, the years with Kevin Durant, we won, what, two or three finals. Four, we, they won four finals as a team with Draymond on their squad. 2015 they won. And you can make an argument they should have won five if it wasn't for him getting suspended. So the impact he's had on this team for the last five, six years. And again, uh, Wiggins and Poole both get paid before you did. Don't you feel a little bit like a little bit upset about that? That's just me, though. And I know he is very upset about that. I am finishing at number three. They're going to coast to the regular season. Again, they might deal with some injuries in, in the regular season, but they're going to coast, coast the regular season. This team is deep as can be. It, 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 and talent-wise, like they are all around a very, very good team. Their lineup will consist of Stephen Curry at the point guard position. They'll have Clay Thompson. Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and Kevon Looney. I think Wiseman will start at some point during the season. May not be opening night, but Looney probably will get the nod to begin. And then it'll be Jordan Poole coming off the bench, Stephen Chenzo, Kaminga, and Wiseman. And then you'll have 
Moses Moody, Andre Iguodala. So they have a very young team. I think that, again, if you're a Draymond, you have to be a little bit pissed off that both Wiggins and Poole both got paid before you did. Again, we could talk about the fight. I don't think it really matters, in my opinion. They're still going to be a really good team. I've been finishing at number three. At number two, and you're probably going to get mad at me for this. I have the Minnesota Timberwolves, man. I do. I have the Minnesota Timberwolves. And you could say, oh, well, you know, they were a seven seed last year. and Rudy Gobert doesn't make them five spots better. Yes and no. Yes, Rudy Gobert, in terms of, like, impact, doesn't make them five seeds better. But I'm banking on two things. One, this Gobert addition that they made is going to work out big time. He'll be able to defend the rim in the regular season, and Cat will be able to play in the perimeter. So Cat's stats in terms of points and assists and rebounds and scoring will all go up. And Anthony Edwards is due to have a massive third year. Last year, okay, Anthony Edwards, he was very good down the stretch in the postseason. He averaged 21 points, 4 rebounds, and 3 assists. He basically averaged 21, 5, and 4, basically, if you round the numbers. But he was very good. I think he takes a leap, and I think he'll average 25, 26, and maybe 27 points this year. He's got a lot of volume in the offense, and I think that Anthony Edwards is due for a massive season. They're going to be regular season superstars, and the question is, do you think they'll go far? I'll tell you that in my playoff predictions, but I have them finishing at number two. And at number one, is this surprising to anyone? The Denver Nuggets. They are going to run through the Western Conference in the regular season, and I do think this is a finals contender, I do. And if you're asking who I think is going to represent the West, hot take, I have the Denver Nuggets. Nikola Jokic is one of the four or five best players in basketball, and you can make the argument he's top two. You can make that argument. He's back-to-back MVP winner. You could say whether he deserves it or not, but he's won back-to-back MVPs. This team got better in the offseason. They're getting Jamal Murray back. They got Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Michael Porter, and Aaron Gordon at the three and the four, and then you got Bruce Brown and Bowden Thailand coming off the bench. This team, I think, is going to represent the Western Conference. I do. I truly believe that. Again, we talk about Golden State being good, but Golden State and the Clippers, they're going to be, you know, going to war this season, and I think that the Nuggets are a sneaky team, and I don't think uh, those two teams in particular, the Warriors and Clippers, match up well with the Nuggets. This team is going to be very defensively, very good offensively. They're probably going to break a lot of offensive regular season numbers. I think this team wins 60 games and will be the number one seed in the Western Conference. So now it's time for the playoff predictions. So let's get into it. So Denver, Phoenix first round. I think it's a tough series, but I do think Denver wins it in six. Minnesota and New Orleans. Give me New Orleans in six. They upset the Timberwolves, okay? Golden State and Memphis. Give me Golden State in seven. Close series, but I like the Warriors in seven. And then Clippers and Dallas, give me the Clippers in six. So then you'll get Clippers and Nuggets, and I have the Nuggets winning that series in seven. Clippers are going to be looking for revenge, but I think the Nuggets are a better team. Give me them in seven. Then Golden State versus the Pelicans, give me Golden State in five. Then Denver-Golden State, give me Denver in six. They close it out. They match up very well with Golden State. And they go on to the Western Conference Finals where they face the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think the Milwaukee Bucks take down the Denver Nuggets in about six games. That's my finals prediction. Right then and there. I think Denver's going to run through the West. And they are going to represent the West 
and they're going to lose in the NBA Finals in six games to the Milwaukee Bucks. We're not done yet, though, because we still have to hand out my NBA awards, so let's get into them. MVP, the big one, I have Joel Embiid. He's going to run through this regular season. I think he'll finish as a, the Sixers will finish as a top two seed in the Eastern Conference. I have Joel Embiid at plus 600 winning the MVP. Rookie of the year, I have Paolo Bencaro plus 200. I know it's obviously the favorite, but I like him to win it there. Defensive player of the year, I have... Oh, yikes, this is tough. I'm going to go Rudy Gobert. No, I know he's the favorite, but he's going to have so much opportunity with this team. He's going to win defense player of the year. Most improved, I do have Anthony Edwards. I think between him and R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson, those are like the three guys I think who can win most improved player. But I ultimately like Anthony Edwards. Again, we talked about this earlier. I think he's going to take that leap in production average 25, 26, or maybe 27 points per game. And sixth man of the year, we could talk about Jordan Poole, but I, I want to go outside the box here. Give me Christian Wood at plus 1,000. That's what I'm going to go with here. I'm going to go outside the box. I'm not going to pick Jordan Poole. I'm going to take Christian Wood at plus 1,000. Actually, let me scratch that pick. Give me Tyler Hero, plus 1,000. That's my pre- prediction. That'll do it for the segment of the NBA Western Conference predictions. We'll be talking about the NBA a lot on this podcast. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back, and we will be talking about NFL Week 6 predictions. So we'll be right back, and we'll be back with some NFL. So we'll start off with our first game here, Steelers-Buccaneers. By the way, we're not talking about Thursday Night Football until I see a better game than Commanders and Bears. So we're not going to talk about Thursday Night Football. Back-to-back weeks, both these games have sucked. We are not talking about them yet. Steelers-Buccaneers, let's get into it, though. Steelers are plus 10 here, plus 360 on the money line. The over-under should have 45.5, and minus 460 on the money line for Tampa Bay. They're minus 10 favorite. I'm taking the Bucks here. I don't got a lot to say. I told you that the Bills were going to play a close game with the Steelers, and I was wrong. But Tom Brady, coming off two sloppy games versus Kansas City and Atlanta, two games they should have lost. They lost the first one, but they should have definitely lost the Atlanta game. Statement game from the Buccaneers. Give me Tampa Bay to win 31-17 over the Steelers. I know they're in Hines, but it doesn't really matter to me. Jaguars-Colts. Jaguars are plus 1.5, plus 108 in the money line. The over-under set of 41. The Colts are minus 126. No Jonathan Taylor, no Naheem Hines. The offensive line's been bad, and they got no running backs. I'm taking the Jaguars to win this game. I think Trevor Lawrence shows out, and the Jaguars win 23-20. Bengals-Saints. Very interesting game here. Bengals lost last week to Baltimore on a game-winning kick from Justin Tucker. They are a minus 2.5 favorite. Minus 144 on the money line. The over-under set of 43.5. New Orleans is plus 122. Look, New Orleans' defense has been very bad. I think this is a get-back game for Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Give me the Bengals to win 33 20 Bengals. I think they're going to win huge over the Saints. I know it's a tough place to play, but Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have very good track records, especially here in the Superdome in New Orleans, where they both went off in the national championship. Give me the Bengals to win 33-20. Jets-Packers. This is a very interesting game. Jets are plus 7.5, plus 290 on the money line. The over-under set of 45.5. Packers minus 7.5, minus 375 on the money line. Let's talk about it. 
the Packers. They've looked horrendous so far. I know they beat Tampa Bay, but again, it was a very sloppy game. They couldn't score more than 20 points in that game. And they got some issues, right? And everyone's going to be writing them off. Jets plus 7 is probably going to be the play. Again, 55% of the money on the spread is on Green Bay. And 53% of the bets spread is on the Jets plus 7.5. So they think they're going to cover but more of the money's on Green Bay. So it's a very interesting game. I'm riding with the Packers to win and cover. They need this game badly versus a Jets team who is very it's very talented and very good. But I think a young team heading into Lambeau, it's a tough game for them. Give me the Packers to win. I think they'll cover the point spread as well. Give me the Packers 31 to 20. Patriots and Browns. Very interesting game. Browns are on a two-game losing streak. The drought will end this weekend when they face the New England Patriots. I am winning. Browns are minus 2.5, minus 134 on the money line. The over-under set of 43.5. New England is plus 116 on the money line. I am taking Cleveland. Nick Chubb on the ground. Again, Bill Belichick will have an answer for it, but I think that Brissett is better than Bailey Zapp, and I like the Browns to beat the Patriots. Do they cover the spread? It's very close. But the Browns will win this game. It's a huge game for Cleveland. They gotta win it, and I think they will win it this weekend. Give me the Patriot or give me the Browns to win 16 to 10. Ugly game, but give me the Browns. Vikings, Dolphins. I was about to take the Vikings in the Shacks 5, but I just simply can't trust this Vikings team. Dolphins are plus three, plus one forty on the money line. The over-under set of 45 and a half. Two is not playing in this game. Vikings minus 168 on the money line. Let's talk about it. Minnesota, I think, can be a Super Bowl contender, especially a contender in the NFC. I don't know about Super Bowl contender. I think they could be it, but they're just super inconsistent, and I think this is a game where they'll show they are an inconsistent football team. They should beat the Dolphins by seven points, at least. This should be a seven-point spread, but the thing is, no one trusts the Vikings, and I think that with Brid- I think Bridgewater will be starting for them. It'll be a close game. Vikings will not cover the spread, and it'll be a push, and I think the Vikings are going to win this game by a field goal. Give me the Vikings to win. 26-23 Vikings. This is a fun game. I'm staying away from this game, but this is going to be very fun. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens will travel to New Jersey to take on the Giants. Let's talk about it. Ravens, minus 6 on the point spread, minus 255 on the money line, the over-under should have 45 and a half, Giants are plus 6, plus 210 on the money line, let's talk about it, Giants have looked very good this year, they've overachieved a lot, and if they can beat the Baltimore Ravens here, I don't I don't need anyone else to tell me, but they're a playoff team, they are a playoff team if they beat the Baltimore Ravens this week, they got everything going for them, the Ravens, look, they're a very good team, I think you can make the argument they are a Super Bowl contender. But the big thing for Baltimore is consistency. First Buffalo, they blew a big lead. And it's really about being consistent from start to finish. The Miami game, they lost. And it's all about being consistent from start to finish. If they can start and finish this game, they will win. The Giants, I said this, I just said this, but if they beat the Ravens, they are a playoff team. They are. They've beaten the Ravens and the Packers. And if you want to point to that Dallas loss, please give me a break. The, the Dallas Cowboys have the best defense in football right now. 
And I don't think it's really close. Yes, we can talk about Green Bay and these other teams. The Cowboys, what they are doing to quarterbacks and getting to the quarterback and making it a living hell on the offensive line for opposing teams, they are a Super Bowl contending defense. They just are. And when Dak comes back, and we talk about the Dak Cooper Rush controversy, there's no controversy. They have a Super Bowl contending defense and a solid offense. There is nothing to be ashamed of losing that Monday night football game. Nothing. However, Giants are going to play this game close. I don't think they're going to get blown out. It'll be a close game, but the Ravens will walk it off with a Justin Tucker field goal. I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Give me the Ravens. I'm going to say 31-26 Ravens. Close game, but I'd like the Ravens to win. 49ers. Falcons be an interesting game. 49ers are minus four and a half. They've looked like the second best team in the NFC. Second best. Eagles are the best team in the NFC currently. They've looked like the second best team in the NFC. They're minus four and a half, minus 235 in the money line. The over under set of 44 and a half. The Falcons plus 194. Let's talk about it. Again, these games are weird where these West Coast teams go East Coast. But I like the Niners to win big here. The Niners, I have them in the Shags 5 this week. I have them on the point spread. The Niners, I think, are the second best team in the NFC. And they are a Super Bowl contender. They are a top 10 team in the NFL. They are, I think, a top 5 team. Current, They're easily top 5 team in the NFL, in my opinion. I think that when you rank them, it's Bills, Chiefs, and then Eagles, and then the Niners are 4. I do. I think they are a top five team in the NFL. They have a outside the outside the Cowboys defense, the Niners have been the second best defense, and they're interchangeable, Dallas and San Francisco. They both have been very, very good. The offense with Jimmy G, since Trey Lance has gone down, you think it may not be electric. It's been electric. I think that this offense has taken a step forward, even with Trey Lance getting injured, which I thought was gonna be a huge loss for this team. They actually Trey, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo stepped up in a big way. I like the Niners to win big. I think they're going to win this game. They're scoring a lot of points on this horrible Falcons defense who can't stop the run, and they're not a great defense as a whole. Give me the Niners to win over the point spread. Give me the Niners by a touchdown. 30, we'll go, we'll go 24-17. We'll go 24-17. That's my final score prediction. I think that the Niners, they win this game by a touchdown. They cover the point spread. Four o'clock slot. We got Panthers who fired Matt Rule. They're plus 10, plus 370 on the money line. The over under set of 41.5, taking on the Rams, minus 480 on the money line. And they have not looked good this season. And I'm not taking them in the Shags 5 this week. They might win this game by 20 points. They might win this game by 3 points. And I'm not taking this team simply for the fact that in week 2, when I took the Rams, minus 10 versus the Falcons. They didn't cover the point spread. They were up 28-3 to and didn't cover the point spread. I'm not picking them to cover the spread. The, the Panthers are going to cover the spread, and the Rams are going to win, but the Panthers are covering, in my opinion. I know, you know, the big statement game for the Rams is coming. It probably could be this week, but I'm not, ta- I'm not betting on that to happen. I'm taking the Panthers pl- plus the points to win. I'm taking the Rams to win, but the Panthers to cover the points. Rams will win this game probably, I don't know, we'll, we'll say 28-20 to 20 final score. It's going to be a weird game, but give me the Rams to win. Cardinals-Seahawks, 
Seahawks are plus two and a half at home, plus 120 on the money line. The over under set of 50 and a half. Cardinals are minus 142 on the money line. Let's talk about it. The Seahawks, I think, are going to win this game. I don't think this Cardinals team is all that good. I know they played a close game with Philadelphia, who's the best team in the NFC, but Seattle is electric, electric on offense. Yes, their defense is not good, but they are electric on offense. They could probably score 30 points on this Cardinals uh, defense. It's probably going to rain because in Seattle, it rains 60% of the time <laughs> in the entire year. I'm joking about that. I don't think that's the actual number of how many times it rains there. But besides the point, Seattle has looked very good with Geno Smith. You could say Geno Smith has basically filled the shoes of Russell Wilson. I'd like this team to win. It's a divisional game. Kyler Murray coming off a tough game. And, you know, no D-hop till next week, probably. And I don't know. I'm taking the Seahawks plus two and a half. They're in the Shags five. I like Seattle plus two and a half this week. Give me the Seahawks to win. High scoring game, but give me the Seahawks 31 to 28. Bills, Chiefs. Chiefs are plus two and a half, plus 120 in the money line. The over under set of 53 and a half. They struggled last week with Buffalo, or not with Buffalo. They struggled last week versus Vegas, who was a high powered offense. And if they struggled with Vegas last week, they're going to struggle with Josh Allen and the Bills. And you should probably take them to win, but I'm going to go the other way here. I think Mahomes and Allen are going to have a duel. They're both going to score 30-plus points, and this is going to be one of the best regular season games of the year, probably the best. And I like the Chiefs to win this game. I think they're at home, and again, I know Josh Allen's going to come in with guns blazing, looking for revenge. But I think that the Buffalo Bills are going to lose this game to Kansas City. I know they already got a piece of humble pie when they lost to Miami. But this team, this Kansas City team, Steve Spagnuolo is very good for making adjustments, especially coming out of the half. You saw in week two, Mike Williams basically did whatever he wanted in the first half and the first drive in the third quarter. But after that, he was non-existent. Neither was Justin Herbert, and he shut down that Chargers offense, who is ranked number one, by the way. They're, they have the number one offensive rating in football in terms of passing. The Chiefs offense probably like, oh, you know, they're not explosive. But again, look at Buffalo's defense. Their entire secondary is hurt. No Tredavious uh, White, no Micah Hyde, no Port, Justin Poirier. Like, this team is banged up, and especially defensively, and I think Mahomes could easily score 30 points. So if I think they're both going to score 30 points and the over-under says 53.5, give me the over in the game. I like the over 53.5. It's in the Shags 5, and I think they're going to go over that point spread or over that point total. Give me the Chiefs to win. I'm going to say Chiefs 34, Bills 30. That's my final score prediction. It's going to be high scoring, but the Chiefs will win in the end. Sunday night football. We got Cowboys and Eagles. Cowboys plus six and a half, plus two thirty-five in the money line. You over under set of forty-two and a half. Eagles are minus two ninety. Let's talk about it. Jalen Hurts has been playing like an MVP candidate, but he will come down to earth this weekend. Yes, I do think he will come down to earth. He's been very good so far, but I don't know. I think that this Dallas defense. He hasn't faced really a defense like this Dallas defense, in my opinion. If you look at their first five games. They played Detroit, Minnesota. I mean, 
they haven't really played a very, very good defense like the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, look at look just look at their schedule. If you look at their schedule, they have really not played a high level defense. Look, Detroit, Minnesota, Washington, Jacksonville, Arizona. Those are their five games. None of those teams, in my opinion, have a top fifteen defense in the league, in my opinion. Maybe besides Minnesota. But that was week two. This Dallas defense is probably one of the best in the league. Rushing the passer, stopping the run, in terms of just everything, with Dan Quinn as their defensive coordinator. This game is going to be electric. Electric. Because this means a lot. Dallas-Philly, they both hate each other. This is going to be a great game on Sunday Night Football. I'm taking Dallas to cover the point spread. I think 6.5 is way too much, especially in a divisional game on primetime. But the Eagles will squeak out a win barely, 23-20. But I want to continue talking about this game because I think this has a lot to talk about. NFC East, this means a lot. This is battle for first place. Tickets are as low as $272. And this place is going to be packed on Sunday Night Football. Eagles, Lincoln Financial Field, this is going to be a huge game. Dallas coming to this game, Let's. Do, I really want to talk about... Philly's offense versus Dallas's defense. Jalen Hurts so far has been playing at an MVP level. As we know, he's you know thrown for 1,300 yards so far, four touchdowns and two interceptions. A.J. Brown, he's got almost 500 yards on the season and one touchdown. I mean, Cooper Rush has been very solid as well. Again, he hasn't been electric or, you know, scoring 15, 20 touchdowns a game. But, like, he's he's playing his role. He's playing his role. CeeDee Lamb's been doing very well. And I think that in terms of this Eagles offensive line, who's the best in the league, taking on this Dallas defense, that's something that all football fans are going to be watching on Sunday night. Their defensive line versus their offensive line is going to dictate who wins and loses this game. Ultimately, ultimately, if Dallas's defense can shut down this Eagles offense, they could probably win this game. It's so manageable for this Dallas de- this Dallas team to win this game. And you know, I said that you know they wouldn't be that good without Dak. They've been great without Dak. And a pick I like in the Shags five this week is Dallas plus six and a half. Yes, Dallas. The Dallas Cowboys plus six and a half. And I think that this is going to be a close game, but I'd like the Cowboys to win 23 to 20. Sunday night football, or not Sunday night, Monday night football, Chargers and Broncos. Chargers are not, they are way too high in terms of point spread. Minus four and a half, minus 230, over under set of 45 and a half, plus 190 on the money line for Denver. I like the Chargers, but too too much points, in my opinion. Yes, Russell Wilson, he hasn't been good and all that stuff. But we know he's playing hurt. And I think the Chargers will win this game. But I don't think it's going to be covering the spread. I think they'll win by like three points or so. Herbert's going to have a great game versus this Broncos defense, which is very good. But I like, I like the Chargers to beat the Broncos. Low scoring. Give me the Chargers 17, Broncos 13. I think it's going to be low scoring. Their defense will keep a minute, and I think that they will win this game 17-13. to Low-scoring game on Monday Night Football. That will do it for my game picks. Let's get to the Shags 5. So I'm going to pull it up right here. Here are my picks for this week. 
Follow with me. First pick, 49ers minus 4.5 at Atlanta. I think that they are just a better team. And, you know, you give me less than 5 points, I will gladly take that at minus 4.5. Bills, Chiefs over 53.5. Again, two electric offenses. I think that, you know, they're going to score 30 points or so, both teams. And I like the over in this game at 53.5. Seahawks. Plus two and a half at home versus Arizona. I think they're going to get to Kyler Murray, and I think that they're going to have a hard time, Arizona. And I like Seattle in this game at home in a divisional game. And lastly, Cowboys plus six and a half in Philly on Sunday night football. We could talk about how, you know, we don't like, you know, this offense. But ultimately, this Cowboys defense is absolutely insane. I like them to cover the point spread, but I don't think they're going to win. I like them covering the six and a half. Let's get to the player props. I got five of them for you guys this week. Let's get into it. So we were just talking about Sunday Night Football. We're going to keep it right there. Jalen Hurts, anytime touchdown score. I think he will run one in versus the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. I like Jalen Hurts, anytime touchdown score. Going to the 1 o'clock games. I think Saquon Barkley will score an anytime touchdown. Anytime touchdown score. And Mark Andrews. I like those two props as well. And then if you move towards the rushing props, I think that I like Lamar Jackson's over 59.5 rushing yards. Wink Martindale likes to send a lot of blitzes, especially on third down. And I could see him breaking out a huge run versus the Giants. So those are four props for you right there. And then the fifth one, we are going to go with, ooh, I don't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this one, okay? Let's do it. So, we're going to go Jalen Waddle. this is Jalen Waddle over 48 and a half receiving yards. I think that's the one we're going to go with. You know, Jalen Waddle over 48 and a half receiving yards, I think he'll have a big play or so, and he will get over that receiving total. So, we got Jalen Waddle over receiving yards. We got Lamar Jackson over rushing yards and Hertz, Andrews, and Saquon both to find the end zone this weekend. So those are my player props for this weekend. That will do it for today's episode of the Shag Sports Talk podcast. Make sure you share this with your friends. Make sure you follow the social media. Well, we, we will be talking Yankees, Braves, lost to the Phillies. I will talk about that in the next podcast and all that good stuff. So we have a lot to look forward to. The NBA season to right around, around, right around the corner. That'll do it for today's episode of the Shag Sports Talk Podcast. The Shag Sports Talk Podcast is out.